You are listening to a sermon by Pastor Hoffman of Christ Lutheran Church in Coos Bay, Oregon. This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. The sermon for this eighth Sunday after Trinity is according to Matthew 7, verses 15 to 23. I'm really thankful to be back uh, in the pulpit and to be on this particular text because it's really easy. Do a bunch of good works, or else you're not a real Christian. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You're not buying it. (laughs) This is really... I know, you know I'm kidding, because a couple of you still have that shocked deer in the headlights look in your face. But the truth of the matter is, when Jesus talks... About this, he's talking about false prophets. Prophet, prophete, are those with the distinct vocation of preaching God's word, God's will to people. Oftentimes, God's people. Everyone knows that those words speak about false teachers, But when Jesus goes on to talk about their fruits, people tend to separate that text out and use it as though it were not related to the context and apply it to everyone kind of but false teachers. They read, so then you will know them by their fruits. And they jump immediately to judging people based on their behaviors. As if now the kryptonite verse has been revealed. Now we know nobody else better start messing up. Because I'm watching you. All of a sudden, everything we learned at Golgotha, everything we saw at the empty tomb is now gone. But I will tell you this. In my brief ten years as a pastor... I have learned there's plenty of Lutherans who wish that was just the interpretation. So we just do stuff and we're done, check off the list and go home? That's awesome. No, truly, truly, the people who like to work really hard and they're very good at it love this portion and say, great, so I go in, clock in, do my time, and I'm done. And it really has nothing to do with false teaching. See, this portion of what Jesus is saying in Matthew 7 begins with this warning. Beware, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. A wolf in a sheep clothing looks like this. Hey guys, I'm one of you. 
I'm just one of you. We're just fellow sheep. Let's go do sheep things. But really, they're leading you to slaughter and death. The verses just before these words are these. Enter by the narrow gate, says Jesus, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter it, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. Jesus is talking about being sure you're on the right track. You're following the right Jesus. That your pastor is preaching law and gospel. That you are hearing good news, receiving good sacraments, being promised good things. He Then he immediately warns us against those who will lead us onto the wrong track. Literally, beware of false prophets. Stuff that looks good on paper, but it isn't written on any of the paper in the Bible. (laughs) The question so many people ask, or should ask, if I were the ruler of the universe, with so many people claiming to be speaking the truth, how can we sort them out? Right? Now this question... People always, atheists, love to say this to you. Yeah, Christianity is so true. How come there's so many different denominations? Yeah. And I always say to them, well, if internal combustion works so well, how come there's so many auto manufacturers? Because some people just can't accept Chevy into their heart. I don't know, that's not what I really mean. I drive a Ford and a Hyundai. So, that means I'm not on the right path. But the truth of the matter is, is I have Jesus just answered this question for everybody. How can you tell who is telling the truth and who is not? Welcome to the Lutheran Reformation, by the way. Jesus says that we are to tell by their fruits. Since they seem all right and good and holy, it cannot be the outward stuff. It cannot be works. What we need to be alert to is their doctrine. What are you actually teaching? What are you saying? You say that you're going to Jesus, but your map doesn't even list him as a place. That sounded awesome. I hope that wasn't my fault. It's because I was yelling really loud just then. But he's not even listed in your GPS. After all, what are the true fruits of teachers? It's their teaching. What are they saying? Doctrine. Keep it in mind. Not every word spoken by a false teacher is false all by itself. Some of it may sound actually pretty good. This is why you need to pay attention. This is literally why my call documents say that I teach Bible study and make it available to the congregation. Because supposedly, doctrine matters. In theory. According to Jesus. And I'm going to go with that. 
Teachers produce teachings. Doctrine. Keep in mind, though, you have to know where the teacher gets his stuff and what it is that is really being said and not be swept along by a few good-sounding phrases and a nice presentation or a really religious-seeming sort of guy or gal. Everything a teacher teaches must be compared or tested and looked at based on what? That's what I just heard. The, it rhymes with the blurred of blood. There we go. Sorry, I didn't have an actual rhyme. So, if it does not jive with the historic understanding of the Word of God, not the new strip mall translations of the Word of God, but how the, the apostles read it, how Jesus talked about it. It can't be, well, maybe you read it that way, but I read it differently. Come on, people. Everything a teacher teaches must be compared and tested against the Word of God. Jesus said it in another place. If you abide in my Word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Very good. You guys knew that one. Awesome. God's Word, and not, and not the impressive delivery or stage presence of a preacher who yells really loud sometimes, determines what is true only. Only by comparing what you hear to the Word of God can you determine what you hear is life-giving truth or death-dealing error. That is one of the reasons I always preach on a text and not on how to be a better dog owner. Or how to be a better dot, 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 you name it, because even if I were correct, I'm really ignoring Jesus. And as we saw at a funeral yesterday... Ignoring Jesus would have been bad because although our sister resides with Christ in the church triumphant, the rest of us don't. So they needed to hear good stuff, gospel, life-saving, regenerative gospel. Jesus tells us grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. A false teacher cannot hide from those who know and those who test what they hear against the Scriptures. Go to the, uh, go to the um, community like Farmers Guild when they get together and you're talking to a bunch of people who grow vegetables and fruits for a living and go, so why is this better than this one? You're going to talk to people who know what they're talking about. So were these trees infested with bugs? No. The fruit would be ruined. So even on a practical standpoint, Jesus likes to use very straightforward examples. 
The fruit of a teacher might also be seen in their practice, since practice is nothing more than what? Doctrine in action. If you say this and you do this, that's doctrine and doctrine in action. Theologically, what we do is a proclamation. If the sacraments are missing, if the sacraments are misinterpreted, or if they are done in a wrong way using something other than water and baptism, let's say ketchup. Let's not. You're over there. <laughs> or how much water for baptism is to be effective? Actually, asked was asked that question when I was on Vicarage, one of my first tests. So, Pastor, do you submerge, pour, or sprinkle? And I looked at him and I said, yes. I learned. And he said, well, that doesn't seem like a very good answer. I said, well, why not? And he said, well, because I think Jesus was submerged. I grabbed my Bible quickly. I said, show me. He couldn't. I said what we have known and what the church has always known, that a right baptism is water and the Word of God in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God working through simple means with simple people to do miraculous things. He was going, okay. <laughs> So I'm saying, you want to buy me a gigantic baptismal font? I'm in. I'll even stand in there when I do baptisms. But we had a little one, so I can't. I'd bust it. Too big to be standing in that thing. So, I'm not against water and the Word of God. I went on record. <laughs> so now, we even look at the Lord's Supper. It's not milk and cookies. That would make a false practice. Even giving the supper when people are not prepared is dangerous, says St. Paul, not me. But I agree because it's St. Paul. For them, and it's a false practice, hundreds of church workers get together in Oregon every year and we discuss these things and how to be faithful in our practices without coming off as you know jerky to be faithful and loving at the same time. Yes, they go together. Of course, there are always two struggles in doctrine, aren't there? There are the, is this true over here? And the, do I like it over here? <laughs> you ever see that? There's many things that are true that we don't like. Look at vegetables if you're a parent at dinner time. I want the cake. No, no. <clears throat> well, we don't deny that vegetables are good. You need them. And the kids will often go, <laughs> spinach. <laughs> Doesn't mean that you like it, even though it's good. Although I like spinach. So. so be sure that the thing that bugs you is bothering you because it's false. Not because you don't like it. Because that's not biblical. The old Adam doesn't like anything Jesus says. Okay, I just said it. Everything Jesus says, the old Adam's going, hmm, I don't like that. 
And if a man says something which is not faithful, make sure that it wasn't that he simply misspoke. I've, I've gone back and gone, whoops, I didn't mean that. Even a faithful teacher can sometimes put his words together in the wrong way by accident, and usually the guys laugh at me because you catch me. I don't mind being asked about what I preach. I even record it for others to hear. Did you really say Jesus was from Neptune? I I don't remember that, but let's go to the tape. (laughs) So that's how we do. Why? To be honest, I know I'm laughing, but this is serious. Jesus explains how serious it is by telling us this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's another thing the atheists love to say at us. You know, there's been so many wars over Jesus' name. I know. It's also been a lot of people who had no business doing anything in Jesus' name. Don't blame Jesus for the sinners he came to rescue. But I'll argue there's been more wars over land than over Jesus, historically speaking. Hey, they've got a lot of land. I want it. (laughs) So that's usually what wars are about. These words apply to the false prophets and by extension to those who follow them. Of course, it is the prophet that will prophesy. The prophets are the ones who will cast out demons, perform miracles, This tells us that the pretense of truthfulness and the appearance of sound religion of the false teacher can be tremendously powerful. But it's still of no avail in the kingdom of God. Lying dramatically is still lying. Deceiving in an exciting way is still deceiving. The only proof is whether or not it clearly agrees with God's word. False doctrine leads to only one end. And we have a gorgeous picture of it right here. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Visual aid. The teachers of the false doctrine and their followers will hear what I have called the four most horrible words to be spoken in all of human history. Jesus saying, I never knew you. Error always leads away from Christ. Always. He is the narrow gate. The gospel is the narrow way. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter by it, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. Having perfect doctrine doesn't save you before you guys get me in the handshake line. 
People always going, you think you're saved by your amazing doctrine? No, I'm saved by Jesus, and that's amazing doctrine to say that. But being misled is how Jesus says we are all together doomed, starting with me in James 3.1. Not all of you should be teachers, my brothers, but I tell you, those who are teachers will be judged with a stricter judgment. So when I take this stuff seriously, it's because I'm going, stricter judgment? That's exactly why. So take comfort. Jesus died on the cross for you. You have been washed in the waters of holy baptism into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Your sins are forgiven, and salvation is God's gift to you by grace, not your works. That is the gospel. That is your faith. Anything that casts doubt on that wonderful truth or your confidence in it is devilish and false. But you are secure and safe in the word of God from false teachers. For by their fruits you shall know them. The fruit of Jesus for you is faith life and salvation, the removal from death and hell and placed in his care as his child. Don't you just love good doctrine? Another reason we are bold to say, this is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Please rise. peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and your minds in the one true faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.